Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Good morning. Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you're listening in with us today. Edwin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, buddy. Good to see you this morning. You too. What is our reading this week? Well, we are reading in Acts chapter 23. However, this is one of the most unfortunate chapter breaks ever. So we are going to back up and capture the last verse of chapter 22. So I'm going to read Acts chapter 22, verse 30, and then we're going to go into chapter 23 all the way to verse 5. I am reading from the English Standard Version. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet. And he brought Paul down and set him before them. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. And the high priest commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law? And yet contrary to the law, you order me to be struck? Those who stood by said, Would you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, You shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Thank you for that reading. Ah, You're welcome. Oh, it's very nice of you. Such a great reader. (laughs) Well, thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) And thank you for backing up so we can get this ugly chapter break out of the way and kind of dive into this. So what, what council exactly is Paul standing before at this moment? Well... We back up into chapter 22. We recall that Paul has been arrested. There has been a big riot surrounding the idea that he potentially brought a Gentile into the temple, which, of course, you and I, the reader, know that he didn't. But some of the Jews from Asia accused him of that, which is very ironic and uh, almost humorous. And yet... The Tribune has come in, has tried to save his life, and but he's trying to figure out what's going on. He lets Paul preach a sermon, which is kind of surprising. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then what the Tribune is going to do is interrogate Paul by beating. Paul says, I'm a Roman citizen. We talked about all this on Friday. I'm a Roman citizen. And gets the Tribune all scared because, of course, what he's doing is unlawful with a Roman citizen. So now, instead of trying to find out what the accusation is against Paul by beating him, he's now going to try to find out what the accusation is by calling together the Council of the Jews, which we often refer to as the Sanhedrin. This is what that council was called, the Sanhedrin Council. It's going to be made up of some priests. It's got some Pharisees and some scribes. And so there's these... This ruling class among the Jews who have the council. The high priest is a part of it. And so they're all going to gather together and be able to question Paul and demonstrate what the accusations are. Okay, thank you for that. So when we look at here and we see that Paul has a great statement uh, in 23 verse 1, he addresses the council and he says, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. Hmm. We know the history of Paul. We know his backstory. And yeah. So I think that this is a particularly striking statement. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It does not seem to fit what I know about Paul's life. That's right. Because if you recall in his past, he was persecuting Christians. He was fighting against the gospel, doing everything he can to stomp out Christianity for a time. Mm-hmm. And then we know that that all changed. 
But regardless of his past, Paul makes this statement here saying he has lived his entire life in good conscience. And so his entire life recalls even the persecutions and stomping out of Christianity. So what do you think about that? A couple things. First of all, Paul is not saying that today, the day he's before the council, he feels good about everything he's ever done. He's not saying that. What he is saying is in the moment when he was doing whatever it was he was doing, he did only what he had a good conscience about. That goes back to those days of persecution because when he was persecuting the Christians, he thought that is what God wanted. And his conscience supported that because he was going to do what God wants. God wants this Christianity stomped out. There's no way this fellow is the Messiah. There's no way these people are following the will of God. I'm supposed to be attacking that. I'm supposed to be stopping that. I'm supposed to be speaking against it. So in all of that time, he had a good conscience. Now that tells us something about conscience. It tells us that our conscience can be wrong. Ooh. Can it, though? <laughs> it can be. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, it can. Just because I have a good conscience about something doesn't mean it's the will of God. Mm. There are a lot of things that folks use as authority that are not necessarily the proper authority that says this is what God wants. But it's so easy to appeal to these other kinds of things. So, like, I'll tell you a story. I remember one time talking. This was actually the principal of my high school, which he, he was a great fella. Loved him so much. And I went back to visit him after I was in college. And we were talking in his office. And he was telling me about some of his spiritual involvement in various churches and how he went here and went there and was preaching these various places. And I always remembered where he made the comment that he being a member of one denomination, went to preach at another denomination. He said, and the walls didn't fall in, so it must be okay. And it's that same kind of idea. I don't see anything wrong with it, so it must be all right. Hmm. So so throwing this back to you, Jackson, what, what is the problem here with just assuming because I don't see anything wrong with it, it must be okay? So a couple things to break down there. I wanted to share my mind when I read this passage and talking about Paul's conscience, my mind goes back to the wonderful book of Proverbs and Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12, in which says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but its way, its end is death. Yeah, that's a good proverb. Yeah, it is a good proverb. So I kind of see some of that in this, that just because your heart is telling you that you are doing exactly what God wants you to, you're exactly where you need to be, and you're doing something right, that's not always true. And so going back to your question, which could you repeat that for me? I was just trying to get your input on this idea of what what is wrong with the idea of I assume it's right. it feels right to me, so it must be right. Ah, so I think the key word there is what you talked about a few moments ago about authority and where authority really comes from. And I think that when you accept the gospel and when you accept Jesus as Lord and you're, you die to your sins in baptism and you become a disciple, you have turned over that authority to God and have submitted to his will. And therefore, his will trumps your will. And so what you need to... What? Yes. Yes, it does. I know this is shocking. (laughs) What a revelation. Yeah. So, and that brings me to the next point of what is his revelation? What is his will for us? And that comes through the scriptures. And so I think at this moment, 
when you realize that you have a will, you should probably check and look towards the scriptures, which are the ultimate authority of how we should act and where we should go before we decide to do something. I know I've appreciated you being here with us this summer as you're working, as Andrew's been working with you very specifically to help in the the work of evangelism and preaching. And I know one of the things that you've been going through is a study of the letters to Timothy. Yeah. And I... I've been looking at the end of 2 Timothy, where in chapter 4, he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word. This is where authority comes from, God's word. And the Bible is the reliable record of God's word. My conscience is not. And I... My job is not to preach or proclaim or even listen to something that is less than or different from God's word. I hope that it's okay that I talk about this. I know this is a touchy subject, but I think one area that you can see this in today is typically in the issue of the LGBT community and homosexuality in general. I think often with this agenda of love is love and if you don't support other people's decisions you're not loving them you're not loving your neighbor and so there's almost like this pressure on christians to conform to this agenda because they feel a pressure of well i'm trying to truly love and so it's almost like well i don't see an issue with this people are going to live their own lives people deserve to be happy and i'll kind of leave that for god to sort out And I think that is a specific example of people having their own conscience that appears to kind of trump what the authority of the Bible says. And it does teach that homosexuality is a sin. It is an abomination to the Lord. And it's something that Christians should be convicted on and should stand for along with what the Word says about it. I think we find in so many places of what's going on in our world right now, and, and sadly, even among Christians, as they, not just this, this issue of morality, but even the issue of how do we respond to some of the things that are happening around us right now. There's so much arguing among Christians and then folks in the world just about how we're dealing with all of this coronavirus stuff and, and what's happening. Uh, the, the arguments around racism and the protests that have come up. And there's a lot of things just in, I mean, obviously racism is sinful. Racism is wrong. We need to preach against that. There's there's issues regarding the coronavirus and the way people are acting that ends up being wrong. But what I've noticed, even from Christians, is there's this almost idea of how I respond to any of this is just how I feel. And, and because I feel like I should be able to respond this way, I'm allowed to respond this way. And no, no, that's not what we're supposed to do. We think about the Sermon on the Mount, which we've been studying together with some of the brothers and sisters in our congregation. And you look at those Beatitudes at the very beginning, poor in spirit, mourning, meekness, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, pure in heart, peacemakers. These are, these are all things that are different than the way folks have handled all of these issues. And if you bring that, that up, often there's this pushback of, well, I just don't think there's anything wrong with this. I just don't think, I don't see how anybody can say, and boy, okay, so now it's my turn to step into where 
where we might not be allowed to go. One of the things I fear is that you've got a bunch of folks who are Americans first and Christians second. Mm. You want to talk about one thing that is not our source of authority, and it's not the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, or the Bill of Rights. That's not our authority. And it's wonderful in my mind that our country has these rights and allows us these rights, and it's great, and there are certain arenas in which we can discuss those, but we need to understand as Christians just because the Bill of Rights claim I have a right as an American citizen doesn't mean as a Christian I act that way. I act the way God has said. Because it's not just about how I feel. It's not just about what my conscience says. It's about what the Word of God says. And what I need to do is train my conscience to follow the Word of God. When my conscience is trained by the Word of God, then it becomes a guide. But even then, I've constantly got to go back to the Word of God. Absolutely. You should go back to the Word of God. And I like that you had that application in there. I think probably even taking a step further than that is what also comes with that is an open mind. So when somebody comes to you and tries to appeal to your conscience, um, of course, use the Word as the standard to judge that. But if somebody is telling you that, you should have the open mind and heart to receive what they're saying and think about it and consider whether or not you are being, for example, an American first and a Christian second or something like that. And I I thought that was a really good point. I really appreciated that thought. And I think sometimes I too can get caught up in that because it is the physical world we live in and we are drawn to a physical world. But that's kind of the battle that we face, brother. The struggle is that we don't always know what has exactly trained our conscience. Mm. We, we like to think, and, and as we get to the end of the week, we're probably going to be able to talk about some of these things. We like to think the best of ourselves and assume that if I think it, it's because it must be God's will. I have been trained by God and his word. And sometimes we don't know what has impacted us, whether it's just our culture and our society, the entertainment we've been involved in. could be just our family, the education we've had. That's why we've got to constantly get into the word. And as the word corrects us, we change. And that's what happened for Paul. Paul had the word revealed to him on the road to Damascus, which changed his conscience. And so we get back to where we started. He is not saying in this council meeting, today I feel good about everything I've ever done. He's saying what I've always done is I've done what I thought was right. And I'm doing what I believe is right today. And, and, And there is some benefit to that. But we've got to be ready to find out that what I believe is right is not. And so that's why we continue in the Word. And that's why we're talking about the text. We'd love to hear what you're reading and what you're learning. Please email us, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Jackson, why don't you go ahead and wrap us up with a prayer. Oh, Lord, our Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We're thankful, Father, for your Word and all that it is for us. We're so thankful for its authority, for the Holy Spirit's revelation to us that we can follow your Word and that we can align it with our conscience so that we can live our lives with a pure and clean conscience, knowing that it is in accordance with your Word. Father, we pray that we would search the Scriptures for understanding, that we would meditate upon your Word, and we would apply it to our lives and our hearts. This prayer we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. I'm, I'm 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 getting quiet here to pass it off to you, oh, okay. Jackson. You're Thank supposed you. to pick pick up the ball there. Normally, you do this interesting hand movement gesture <laughs> that's like you know like a web sling or something like that. Like here, you take over. So. This is why this is why we don't do video. That's right. <laughs> so.